Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Shaffit with Artemis Brower. And we, this week, we also have a special guest along the ride with us. Uh, we, we just finished our Twitter spaces with him, Mr. Jacob Elliott. Uh, Jacob, tell, tell the folks where you're from. I'm from Hickory, North Carolina, guys. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, so you, co- you cover App State. Uh, it, what is it? App State Sports and Predictions? Is that, is that what's... Well, my original page was App State's Predictions. Now I changed it to App State Sports News and Facts. There so you that's go. that's my page right now. Awesome. Well, welcome to the Boneyard Podcast. He's going to be along for the ride with us. But, Artie, it's time for college football. So let me do one little thing. Snap it open, baby. Snap it open. I have been waiting so, so. I feel like I've been waiting two years for this because last year didn't count to me. We had no fans. It felt off. It felt weird. Now college football is back. It's actually we back, back, baby. We back. We are back. Well, Artie. That's a quick question for you guys. Right what's quick. up? Yep. Did you guys go to any of the games last year? Yeah. So we, yes. went, we went to the Georgia State game uh, okay. together at Georgia State. Yeah. And then uh, we went – I mean, we, we we have press passes, so we're, we're up yeah. in the we're in the press box covering ECU that way. But Artie, I, I I'd be remiss if I said this is episode sixty six of the Boneyard Podcast. Six six. I'm gonna talk about somebody that wore the number sixty six real quick. He's not the great one, but he's pretty damn good. It is Mr. Mario Lemieux. Mm. You know who, that, know who is? that is. You know who that I is, know who Artie? That is. Yeah, I've heard of Lemieux. Of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mario, he's a two-time cup winner, nine-time All-Star, won the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year in 1984, uh, won the MVP, the Hart Trophy, three times, was the Masterton Trophy winner in 1992-1993. He's got six Ross trophies, uh, two Conn Smythe. I mean, this this guy's done it all. I mean, he came back after having cancer and – played for the team that he was a part owner for i mean it he did it all um he's loved him he's loved in pittsburgh i mean he's got he's got 915 games played 690 goals over a thousand assists 1723 points with a plus minus of 114 i mean (laughs) this guy's one of the greatest to ever play the game so shout out mario lemieux um but the penguins still suck uh Artie, how you doing, man? Excellent, brother. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I'm, I'm happy to be on here. I'm happy to be doing a, a pregame show for our App State ECU game. I will be in Charlotte Thursday night. I'm going to be leaving right after work. I'm going to be hot telling it, doing about 95 to 100, man. down 85, trying to get to Charlotte. You're so not leaving early? I cannot wait for kickoff. What's up? You can't leave early? I, I might try to finesse. I might try to see if I can leave around 3, 3.30. That means you I'm going to have to come to. in early, but that's, that's okay. That's Because okay, I want to do a little, just a little, you know, pregame and a little, you know, you know tailgate festivities before the game. I, but, unfortunately, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I unfortunately won't be at the game. Um, I, my, my wife, her best friend, had to have her wedding this weekend in Washington, D.C., so I'm going to DC. Hey, but you know what? You will be up there hodgepodging and snoozing with the senators, and the, and and you know you'll you'll be in the swamp, rubbing elbows with people that we don't like. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I I there is a there is a pretty decent guest list. Artie, let me tell you real quick before we jump into any of this, 
and and Jacob, we're we're gonna do a little bit of a, a little bit of small talk here, real quick. All right, you know what my wife asked me to do today? She asked me four days before the wedding. You know what she asked me for? She said, that- Jared, I want you to wear your blue suit. I was like, all right, sounds good. I look good in my blue suit. I'll, I look good in every suit. Right. I, I look good. Yeah. I look good stark naked. But as big sexy. This lady, this woman, my wife, said, I want you to find a, a burgundy linen tie. Linen. And she said, I want you to find a pocket square to match. And I said, okay, huh. I'll, I'll do that. Well, I went to that sounds every, like something you gotta order online. I went to every men's warehouse, every suit store, I went to every belk, I went everywhere there was in the in the county, in the city of Winston Salem, North Carolina. I could not find one damn linen tie. I, I, Jared, I could have told you that. I, I could have told you. I, That's I, something you get online. I, I I asked I asked the guy at the last place I went, I said I walked in, this guy, he, he must have been, he was probably like a 55-year-old black man wearing a three-piece tux <laughs> like, or three-piece suit. And I was like, damn, this guy knows what he's talking about. He said, what can I help you with, son? And I said, I'm looking for a burgundy linen tie. And he said, man, I haven't seen one of those in 30 years. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then this other old guy, he goes, man, who sent you for that? I said, my wife. She, he said, she gave you one of those impossible tasks. So right, yeah, right. They looked it up. They found one on Amazon. It's not gonna get here. So I've got another burgundy tie. <laughs> We're gonna make it work. But geez, do, you, do you, you at least have a pocket square? Do you, do you have a pocket square to match or no? You're just gonna go uh, with it. So I'm I'm gonna generic go generic pocket square. Well, she wants. It's not a burgundy pocket square, but she wants like a white or light blue pocket square. So I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. find one of those. I don't ha- I don't wear a pocket square. I, I usually don't. Uh, usually my oh, oh yeah you got you gotta you gotta wear one for a wedding though yeah yeah, uh, yeah. usually no you gotta have a pocket square for a wedding man you usually my shirt is halfway you've seen it halfway unbuttoned I, i'm ready to go you've seen late nights in greenville so yeah right. that's uh i've even i've even got the tie clip i only got a tie clip for dj's wedding that that was my uh my wife's wedding present to me was was a tie clip oh yeah i gotta be you distinguished baby you were there. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. But I love it pe- though, man. The people don't care to hear about my fashion woes. Um, let let's talk some ECU App State football. How's it sound, Artie Jacob? Uh, Jacob. Yes, sir. What can you tell me about this App State team? What sets them apart in the Sun Belt? Well. Thank you guys, first of all, having me on. But what sets this apart is mostly what people don't typically see. Um, we know we get respect. We don't think we get enough respect. When we first entered the FBS, we have broken so many records in so many historical parts of the FBS era because we entered so strong. And what makes App App is that we have a culture of winning. We've only had like around, I think like last 75 games at home only have like about like six or seven losses at home. Our team is successful. And what sets us apart is that we rely on not just really one guy, but every guy. Like you'll see multiple running backs this year. We have a um, 
a freshman last year, Nate Noel, he was now he's actually going to be starting probably over Cameron Peoples, who ran 300 something yards during the bowl game. That just shows you what's also sets us apart is just the coaches we've had. We had three coaches in the last like four years. We had Scott South that left for Louisville. We had um, Eliza Drinkwiz, who left to go to Missouri. Now we have Sean Clark, former O line person, O line coach for App. But I mean, I'm saying all this to say we have the culture is just different up at App. And what sets us apart is that we have seven straight bowl wins, never lost a bowl game. We just we take the culture, we use it, and we give out all for Appalachian State. I'm not, I'm not sure that's really giving you the answer you want, but it's hard mm-hmm. to explain unless you go up there and see it for yourself. Our environment, our fans, if you come to Kid Brewer Stadium, you better expect to be a fight because we have one of the loudest stadiums. And our fans are there. We travel well. We have, like, I think they said 10,000 go to the Louisiana game. We have so many people from all across the country to come see us play just because they want to see us play. But I have to say the main thing that sets us apart is just our culture and what we've built with Jerry Moore to Scott Saddle, Liza Drinkwitz, and now Coach Sean Clark. No, I, I will say this quick question on the quarterback situation. Oh, yeah, I yeah. want to ask you about that. Yeah. You know, Chase Bryce is coming in. He's a Duke transfer. You know, he, he's got all that. You know, I wouldn't say accolades because he threw my interceptions to touchdowns at Duke. But he is a highly regarded guy coming from Clemson, then going to Duke, now going to App State. But you also have a guy in Jacob Huseman who's been there. He knows the system. He knows the process. He knows the coaches. He knows the players. In your opinion, who's the better fit? Is it Chase Bryce or is it Jacob Huseman? Well, for me, uh, let's go back and talk about Chase Bryce. He didn't start out at Duke. He used to start at Clemson. He played. He started games for like for when uh, Trevor Lawrence was hurt. And you, if you go back and look, he's that was when he talked so highly of him. And then he, then he like when Lawrence got back, he would know he wouldn't really get that much playing time. So he transferred to Duke. And yes, mm-hmm. he had interceptions and stuff like that, but he didn't really have enough time to in the pocket. So he had to scramble a lot. <clears throat> and we that'll go in, we'll go to Houston in a second. But Chase Bryce is not a small guy. He's gonna be one of the bigger guys we have on the field. He's gonna be bigger than our backs. And what sets him apart from others is his size, his ability to run, also have an arm. We didn't know he had an arm until we saw some film of him. I watched some film and got some inside practice, like um people tell me. I mean, this kid can do it all. And then we look at Jacob Huseman. He's been there for so long. We love him. He actually – I was went to two games last year, Georgia State at home, and then I went to the Louisiana game at home where the snapper almost gave us the game. Darn it. <laughs> um, but he led the team. Zach Thomas was struggling that game, right. really, really struggling. And Zach Thomas got knocked out. They had to stretch him off like, to make sure he was okay like when he was on the sideline. So, Huseman came in with about, I think, five minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Led us to a game-winning touchdown. And for me, it's hard to say, but I have to go with Chase Bryce right now. I know Huseman's been there for a while, but he's mostly also there to help the younger kids. We have other quarterbacks there. Like, I don't remember who else. Let me see. Yeah, but, I mean, also talking to players and coaches and looking at practice support. Chase Bryce is so far ahead of other quarterbacks development-wise, um, talent-wise. I mean, he is some – when Davis Weeze said he could play on Sundays one day, he's not kidding. This kid is something else. When he has time in the pocket, 
he can do amazing things. So if you ask me, it's a hard choice because I love Huseman. He's done so much for, uh, play calling and everything. I have to go with Chase Bryce right now due to the fact of what I've been seeing from him and knowing his past and also just seeing what he said to the media of his confidence for the team. I just – I hate to do it, but it's Chase Bryce right now. I'd, I, I will say I'd, I really do hope we get the Duke Chase Bryce and not the Clemson Chase Bryce. That's – I mean – if, if I had to make a comment, I, ho- I hope we get that version of Oh, it. yeah, yeah. But it's just right now, the reason he did so bad at Duke is because if you watch the film, which I've gone through like maybe hours of film watching him at Duke, the O-line never helped him. He never had time in the pocket. And right. you'll in apps implementing stuff you'll we have never impl- implemented our offense this year. You'll see a lot more sweeps. You'll see a lot more um, like motions. You'll see a lot more swing pass. We're gonna come out with a new offense that we never have before because we have Frank Ponce, who was at Louisville before that was on our, our quarterback coach. So you right. left the Southfield, and now he's our offensive coordinator. So with Bryce, you'll see a lot more QBs. You'll run. You'll see a lot more motion. A lot more sweeps. So. For him, he has more mobility than Huseman does. Huseman is mostly for a passing, but um, Bryce can have an arm and can run. So that's why I kind of went with him over that. It's just he has both of them. Now, tell me a little bit. So tell me about, I mean, Cameron Peoples is one of the top running backs in the Sun Belt. Tell me a little bit about him and his style. Let me tell you, this kid is something else. Um, he's one of the act- to talk to him sometimes he's one of the nicest guys you'll meet first year i think he got injured during the game you saw him at halloween on the sideline there's pictures all of he was dressed up as joker like in the app state uniform had his face all painted white with the red red eyes had the hair green he he's one of the he's one of those guys who's a team player he is phenomenal he's one of the nicest guys he talks to me he talks to me a lot but um, talking about him, he's improved. We used to have, if you look at App's history, we, last few years, we've had some of the best running backs we've ever produced. Marcus Cox, Jalen Moore, Darrington Evans. So Cox is in Germany, playing Germany football. I don't know where Moore is. I think he's in Canadian. We have Evans with the Titans. So we, I mean, if you just look at the historical wise, our running backs have always been good. But Peoples is someone who just is, more versatile he's different than evans because evans is really fast but peoples has the speed and he has the mobility to drag you he drove i mean i've been one game he dragged two players in the end zone not king the thing about peoples is he's a great kid he's a great athlete but but if you if you ask me i'm i'm surprised about what i'm about to say and this has come from multiple reports he's may not be starting this year he may be starting to, a, uh, I think, a sophomore. That is really good, too. Let me make sure I'm saying he's a sophomore, right? Yeah, he's a sophomore. Peebles is a junior, I believe. Let me make sure I'm saying that right, too. I just want to make sure I'm not telling you wrong. Yeah, he's a junior. So, But in practices, they said that Nate Noel is, is going to maybe start. He's been pushing. And to have a kid that's only a sophomore do that and beat Peebles who's already done so much, it's kind of scary to think about what can, for other teams to think about what can this kid do that we don't know. So you'll see both of those back be playing. We'll have actually this year also we're adding two people in the backfield, two backs, not just one. So you'll see them both at the field at the same time. One will be maybe pass blocking. But thing is, is that it's our running back group 
is not just people's. It's Nate Noel and people's, and they'll be sharing equal amount of time on the field. So it's a two-headed dragon. Either one can burn you. Either one can get you out of the way. So it's going to be very interesting, not just for me, for everyone to see, is Nate Noel who, they, who we think they, we've seen in practices, is that the guy who's going to show up? And he, I know one of our guys, Adam Witten, our announcer last year, this quick little thing for your fans said, we were going to, last game of the season is Georgia Southern. He was running for a touchdown, and Adam Witten said, say goodnight to Nate Noel. And then after the game, we had Pierre Banks say, um, sang a song about it. I can't remember what it said. Oh, Noel, oh, Noel. <laughs> and I'm like, gosh. That's just the final thing about Nate Noel. He played last year, but that it was so funny during that Georgia Southern game because of the way that they were talking about him. But like I said, it's gonna, you guys can't talk about people without talking about Noel because they're equal right now. And on the death chart, if you look online, guys, they're both highlighted starting. So they have them decide it's a game-time decision who will start that game. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with, uh, with ECU. I mean, <clears throat> you got Raji Harris, who, I mean, last year just came out of nowhere. I mean, yeah. last, year, last year looking at ECU, I mean, you, you thought it was going to be Darius P- Penix and uh, Demetrius Mooney coming out of the backfield. But all mm-hmm. of a sudden, here, here comes two freshman running backs that kind of stole the show. And now, guess what? Just Both those guys over. are the starters this year. So it, it yeah. sounds a lot like what's what's going on at ECU. Yeah, and I just printed this off. This is App State's notes for the game. I got some personal notes from it. And this, that's what I want you to know, your fans. This is the 30 – let me see if I'm saying this right. This should be the 33rd This is the, like, 30 the second – I think it's the 32nd meet between us. If I'm not mistaken, I'm looking at it right now, make sure I'm saying this correctly for you guys. Yeah, it says right – yeah, 30, 32nd time, but yep. first time that both yep. schools are remembered FBS. Yep. Right. So Last we, time since 2012, I believe. We were – 2013, we were at you guys, noon game, mm-hmm. I think, so hot, no one could stand it, so many cramps. But um, 32nd game, we'll play against you guys. And that kind of – I mean, I just want to go off and say, that's a rivalry out there. If you play that many times in state, it's a rivalry. And we all know it's a rivalry, but still, if you that many games makes it even more intense. So I'm expecting a really hard fought game from you guys and App because it, like I told you on my podcast, every rivalry is zero and zero. Anyone could be anyone in rival games. Uh, yeah, I would I would agree with that. That's, I mean that that's a good way to look at it. Um, but tell me tell me a little bit about. So you said that. They're gonna. They're probably gonna have a two-back uh, scheme on on offense this year. Yes, I'm. We were told that. I haven't been given any information more than that because they're trying. I think we're trying to keep it down. But like I said, we have Frank Ponce come in as a new offensive coordinator. Before he was that. He was a quarterbacks coach at App when Southfield was there. He he was there for like a long time. Then he went to Louisville with Southfield. He didn't want to come back to App because he didn't know he'll be if he'll be ready to be an offensive coordinator yet. Scott Satterfield convinced him to come back here and be our offensive coordinator. So I'm thinking we may be a little like Louisville. Maybe we may have some Louisville look. I'm not 100 percent sure. Like I said, I've, like I said, I have insights, but like it's been kind of hush hush about that. That's all I can really know because I've been not getting enough information. But like I said, we'll have more sweeps, we'll have more motions, we'll have more swings, we'll have more 
two back sets. It's going to be different because we never done that before. So you'll see stuff on the, on film that's, and then you see in the game that's not been on film. So it's going to be interesting to see how the teams like ECU or Miami handle something they've never seen before from that. Gotcha. And, and, you know, one, one player I want to talk about, particularly on your offensive side of the ball, he's a super senior. He's someone that comes from Kansas State. Corey Sutton. Is, is he the best receiver on the team? Is, is he a dynamic playmaker the way people are saying that he is? Can he be someone that wrecks, you know, any, any defense? What does Corey Sutton do to your offense? First of all, he was injured last year, so it's good to have yeah. him back. But 100% to your first point, he is the best. We have Virgil, who's fast. We got hit again, he's strong and fast. But Sutton is just another game. He is just a fast kid. If he wasn't injured, he probably would um, maybe make a free like, practice squad. I'm not sure, though. But he can make plays. He has the arms. He has the ability. Yes, people should be scared of him. Yes. His brother's actually on the team now. So he'll be wow. playing with his brother this year at App. But this kid is something else. If you go back and look at highlights, he can jump. He can make you fall. He is a kid that's going to be scary for teams to – um, go upon. I know your corners, I talked to the sideline for ECU, they said your corners are going to be really good. So it's going to be interesting because I know your corners are good. It's going to be interesting to see how Sutton comes out from a year of not playing football to playing football. I'm not sure how he's going to look, but if you ask me before COVID, if he wasn't injured, he's a star player and he's a person yeah. that may make a difference in the game. I mean, if you ask me personally, I'd love to see a Corey Sutton, Jaquan McMillan matchup. That's why I, I was I told those, by sideline. Yeah, sideline. I, I, I would love it. to see. I would love to see that matchup. I, you know, obviously I'm biased. I think Jaquan might be able to take him a little bit because oh, he's yeah, been yeah. off for so long. Oh, yeah. And and he might, you know, Jaquan's been in there. He's been playing. Yeah. But uh, I, I would love to see that matchup because he's obviously our, our best ball hog yeah. and, and one of our best cornerbacks when it I comes was to say, playing defense. I was defense. told that. I was told that by your sideline thing. And I'm saying, like I said, he's been off a year. So who knows how he's going to look. He's been looking great in practice, though. So it's going to be interesting to see how that translates on the field against a good corner from ECU. Right. Yeah, sorry, guys. I've been looking at, like, Wikipedia for the last couple of minutes and, and looking at it. it. It's interesting to see, like, ECU right now is six and zero in their last six meetings against App State, which, granted, goes yeah, back to twenty, yeah. like the the last meeting was twenty twelve, but it goes back to I, like I think the last time we lost to App State was nineteen seventy five, right? Uh, we, it, I or, think it was nineteen seventy two. It was nineteen seventy two. Uh, that's what you're for win. <laughs> oh, no, for no, win. no, no, no! You were right. Nineteen seventy five. 1975. Okay, okay. I see. I, I thought I looked that up, right? I thought I thought it was 1975. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that was uh, 1975. Uh, App beat us 41 to 25. So, um, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I was just looking at that. Um, Let me see. And App beat us one time in 1939, 64 to nothing. <laughs> 1939. <laughs> Oh. You was going way back, Jared. My goodness. Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. But um, like I was saying, uh, if you have, I just like to talk about your head coaches, both head coaches, right quick. Um, I know, like I said in my former podcast, your coach sent, um he used to coach at LR, which in Hickory where I live, so he went to my church. I knew him. He transferred. Yes, he transferred from there to the Citadel, if I'm not correct. Yep. Yeah, and then did he 
I'm trying to think if he went to James. Did he go to James Madison next? Yep. Or was that a different coach? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he did excel there, and now he's at um, ECU. Great guy. I really think he's turned the program around for what I've been seeing, and hopefully he has because, I mean, what I've been seeing is really different from what I've seen before him. But then you go look at Sean Clark, who's inherited this talent, and on top of that, a former player, a former coach, and now a head coach. I mean, his press conference was one of the most emotional, more meaningful press conferences I've ever seen for introducing a head coach. He was just in tears. When he first started here, and this is a story he said, he told his, his wife, asked him, do you sure you want to stay here? And he said, I almost pause I'm saying this right, I want to stay here because I want to be a head coach of Appalachian State one day. And when he was on that stage, he was crying and emotional. And that makes me happy as a fan to know that we have a coach who wants to stay here and a coach that loves App State for App State. Drinkwitz, we kind of knew he would become – he would gone. We knew that. He wasn't an App State alum. We knew he wouldn't stay for long. We didn't, we didn't think it would be for one year. Southfield, love him, did an amazing job bringing us up from the FCS to FBS. And Clark, it's now for his time to show can App State um, sustain all they have from the first few years without some of the talent and some of the coaches we had. So I feel like for both teams, both head coaches, this is a big game for both head coaches. One for ECU to show people that we're better than you think you are, and for um, Clark to show that, hey, I'm, I'm better, I know what I'm doing, and I'm here to continue the success that App State has sustained over these years from transferring. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say this. This will be the best win under Coach Houston's tenure. I'd, Come Thursday night. I if, don't if agree. We win Thursday I mean, I night. don't – I do agree. I don't – I do agree 100% with that. Yeah, this, 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 this will be his best one because of the, the stakes, because of the circumstances, because of where it is, because we're not supposed to win this game first off. You know, we're not, we're not a team that's supposed to win this game. This will be the – to me, this will be the kind of game it's like, okay, maybe we should start paying attention to Coach Houston and what he's building there at ECU. If you haven't paid attention to it before – they just knocked off App State, a team that if they run the table, if they go eight, nine, ten games, they could be in the top 25. So, to me, you know, this this is going to go a long way for Coach Houston's resume. Um, but he's already been building something very, very special in Greenville. Jared and I have seen that firsthand. Um, the wins have not been there, but the 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 competitiveness is starting to get there. And that's something that we did not see in the Scotty Montgomery era. We didn't see a team that was very competitive. We didn't see a team that was really fighting. We didn't see a team that would go in the locker room and you have players getting at each other and say, hey, you know, come on now, we got we to gotta step it up and win this ball game. It, it didn't feel like that. It didn't, it didn't feel like a family. It didn't feel like a team that was really, you know, centered around wins and cared about winning and cared about their teammates and cared about being a part of a brotherhood and a group. This feels like a brotherhood. This feels like a complete team. Like I said, the wins are going to come. They're going to get there. But what he's building is very, very nice and, 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 and satisfactory to see because of the recruits he's getting in, because of the transfers he's been, been able to get in, because of his coaching staff, not just himself personally. So, you know, obviously Coach Houston, and, and I don't know too much about App State's coaches, so I won't, I won't speak on that. Uh, but I do know from Coach Houston's standpoint, uh, this game will go a long way in letting people know just what he is building in Greenville. Yeah, along, I agree, along, those, 100%. along those lines, I mean, Coach Houston was a breath of fresh air. I mean, looking back, even going back to the, the Ruffin McNeil era, 
era um and i guess error when how we fired him um but yeah but with with going back to that date when when you look at how a head coach led his team i think coach houston is the best leader out of the last three head coaches i i would say that coach houston is a better leader than coach coach ruffin mcneil um he's a hell of a lot better leader than scotty montgomery a coach that they don't even, the two don't compare the <laughs> a coach that wouldn't even allow his team to uh tackle and and practice so i mean that 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 was the that was the honestly that was the shit we were dealing with we were dealing with a coach that you weren't tackling in practice you weren't doing you weren't doing anything productive in practice other than running uh you were running some plays but that that was it like how do you, how are you ready to take a hit in game if you can't even take a hit all week in practice right I mean, exactly so, to me coach Houston has that fire about him uh, i know he talks very highly of uh of his time at Lenore Ryan. I know he talks very highly about his time at App State, the Citadel and James Madison, and all of that has led him to be where he is now. And I think that this is kind of – this will, will be his breakout year. This will be the, – the fourth year is the year that you have to really start breaking out and, and really – I mean, that, that's your kind of make or break year as a coach. And I think – I think that, I mean – I'm not saying he's on the hot seat. He's not. He he's loved here in Greenville. He's loved here around ECU. But this is the year where you start to see the tide turn and you start seeing a winning program. And Coach Houston wants nothing more and, and will uh take nothing less than a winning program. Yeah, totally agree with that. So Jacob, uh, tell me a little bit about your defense. So, what, what's going on on the defensive side of the ball now? Well, we have a lot. Of, we have a lot of returners. Um, but the one guy you should really look out for, Demetrius Taylor. Um, he is he's actually projected to be drafted. He's actually going to be. He's actually been said to be one of the best defensive ends in the country. He had that fumble recovery and then that interception against North Carolina. He is. And besides that, he makes plays every game. He is a guy that you're going to have to watch for on defensive inside because he can wreak havoc if you don't block him right. He's a really fast, really strong, really, really has good athletic ability. So, I mean, if you look at the defense we have, we have um, starting, we have this, uh, let me show you, we have a senior come back, Caleb Sperlin, a senior that came back. We have a junior, senior, senior, junior, senior, senior, junior, senior. So we are wow. filled with guys <laughs> yes. who are played for us a long, long time. Yeah. And if you look back at our statistics, our defense has usually been one of the best in the FBS. I'm not making that up. You can look it up. Statistically, we have been one of the best defenses in the country. So it doesn't really matter who's been the coach defense because we continue to put out that talent. So – we have Sean Jolly, cornerback. He played with Shamar Jean Charles last year. Um, he went to the Packers and is now with the Packers. And is projected to maybe start if he can improve, improves next year. 2022, they're saying he could be a starter. Um, fifth round draft pick. They didn't really know with the game, but they love him there in Green Bay. Um, but he, now you have Sean Jolly, who's 
was last year with him. And Sean Jolly made more interceptions and more plays than Charles did because they tried to throw away from Charles because they knew how good Charles was. So Jolly's a player you're going to have to look for in a corner. Then we have Nick Ross, strong safety, and Ryan Huff, both great guys. Both do a wonderful job. Um, Brendan Harrington, he is a junior. Last two did great. We have Trey Cobb, Marco Jackson, Nick Campton, Caleb Sperlin, Jordan Orr Earl. If you look at these, these kids make plays. We have one of the best D-lines, people say. Not one of the best, but one of the best, most talked about D-lines in the country because they're mostly all returning or they're all juniors or seniors already. So, for me, our defense is going to be strong, very, very strong. And if you look back at camps, um, which I have done, I've looked back at our camp notes. Sorry, someone was calling me. Um, on my queue. But if you look back and look at all of that, our defense outdid our offense every practice. Our defense looked scary. And, and Coach Clark was so pissed about it because our offense couldn't get anything going. And that's not bad. That's good because our defense is going to be really stout this year. So just the things I'm going to say look out for is Sean Jolly, cornerback, and also look out for Demetrius Taylor, defensive end. Watch those two people because they could be the key maker for the defense. Gotcha. Now, kind of, kind of getting to the nitty gritty here. What, what is the key to this game? I mean, what, what, in your opinion, what's the key to this game and why? I have to say, this came up. First of all, I was going to say like fans, but after talking to sideline, the sideline ECU guy last night or day before, and actually looking up research from that. I have to say what to make or break this game is ECU's offense against ASU's defense. Just because of all those – I mean, like I said, our D-line is good, but you also guys have a great O-line coming back from what I understand. You have running backs and a quarterback that's really, really good. Your offense is potent to explode. And our defense looks really good. So if you ask me, it's going to be if App State can slow down or stop ECU or if ECU can score and keep – App State's defense on the field the whole game. It's kind of slow down the pace and get us tired. We're, we're not big. We're fast. So if you do that, our kids can get down a little bit. That usually doesn't happen. But I'm saying just the defense versus your offense is going to be the biggest question, the biggest thing. Because, yeah? No, no, no. I, I, was, I was agreeing with you. I was agreeing yeah, with you. Yeah, because your offense is potent to exploit from what I've seen. And our defense has – is strong this year, returning all these people and having junior and seniors pretty much all start. So I feel like it's going to be our D-line versus your line, our cornerbacks versus your guys' wide receivers, and running back versus our D-line. And what I I would add to that is, because I I agree with that point, I think long ECU offensive drives that end in touchdowns are going to help us win this game. That, that to me, is the key – to ECU winning the game because App State's offense is potent and our defense is getting better. We're a whole lot better than we were two or three years ago, but yeah. we're not, you know, we're not, we're not showstoppers. Yeah, that's and, why I said that because I know your defense is not the best. But if you look at statistically, your offense for our defense, that's the best parts of the right. game. And so, on the, yeah, so yeah, totally. It, if we could have five, six, seven-minute drives that end in touchdowns, and keep us that to me, yeah. and, and, and that keeps your offense off the field, and we also score touchdowns in the long run, to me, that, that's the key to us winning the ball game. And I it's, totally you know, agree. Points are going to be scored. Yeah, points are going to be scored. It's not going to be a 10-7 to 7 ball game. That's, that's not what it's going to be. 
But, you know, keeping you guys' offense off the field is going to help us win that game. Oh, I totally agree 100%. That's my point exactly is that right there. It's just going to be, can you guys do that? Can you guys sustain this long drive, keep our offense off the field, make our defense tired, and use our, that against us? That's going to be the key to the game, in my opinion, right there. Yeah, my, my thing is, I think that the offense is like, like uh, from what I understand, what I think I'm hearing is, I think ECU's offense is um, just as potent as, as the App State. I think it's going to be a gunsling yeah. kind of matchup uh, that, that we see on Thursday night. Now, the question is, and, and kind of like what y'all both were saying, can ECU's defense hold up against App State's defense, right? Can, can How close are the defenses together? Um, if, if ECU can match up with App's offense and App matches up with ECU's offense, it, it's going to be a wild game. And that, that's, why, that's why I think that this game is going to be closer than, than the 10-point spread right. that, that we're seeing. I, I think also, that, oh, sorry. Sorry, uh, you can go. I, I was going to say, I, I think that the, the offense, the offensive matchup, these are two high-powered offenses. There's going to be points. Scored. Right. There's going to be points put up on the board. This game – uh, I, I was looking at the over under just a second ago. The over under, and we'll we'll do our we'll do our um, we'll do our predictions here in a little bit. But the over under on this game is fifty six point five. I think the over, I take the over on this game all day long. Yeah, I, t- I, I take the over. I, yeah, I, I, take yeah. I mean, the the first game of the season, you're it's going to be a high scoring game. I I got I got to say, there's probably going to be seventy eighty points scored in this game, uh, and that, that that's just my opinion I, I think that's what's going to happen I, I think that both offenses are going to pick apart both defenses it's just can ECU hold them enough to to not let them score if ECU can get some stops then I'll I'll feel more confident as the game goes on mm-hmm. but um, and, and and to yeah. me sorry oh go ahead like I was saying another thing that I forgot to say is that in Hap's history we have a history of starting slow I'm not kidding. Most games, we give up touchdowns so early. We. So, <laughs> the thing is, is that can, can we score early and keep that going, or will your defense slow us down early and your offense overpower our defense and take the lead and kind of go from there? It's going to be who can swing and who can do it both, early and late. So, in my opinion, watch out because it may be one team may score early, and that could be the team – the defense is going to be looked at because – if you can score early and keep scoring and hold the team, that's the game right there. It's going to be who can start early and finish it. Right. And, and to me, honestly, I think it's turnovers. I, you know, I think turnovers are really going to be a big factor in this game, especially for ECU's defense. If, if the offenses perform the way we think they're going to perform, then ECU is going to have to get at least one if not probably two turnovers from App State. It's going to be hard to do because they're, you know, they don't turn the ball over a lot. They're a very, you know, ball-centric team, and they're very disciplined. But to me, that's really what it's going to take for us to be able to keep that offense in check and to outscore App State, which might be what it comes down to is outscoring App State. Yeah. hundred percent. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I think that this game, I think, I think it's going to – be a, a a really tight game. I I just I think that I, I think that this game is going to be one of those games that it's it's going to be it'll probably be one on the last second field goal, 
and I'll probably scream as I'm driving down, driving up I-95 to, to Washington, D.C., and my wife will probably wreck our car, and yeah, it'll be all for naught. But, um, but yeah, that that's that's what, what kind of game this, this game's going to be. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be one of those games. It's going to be – ECU has played in a lot of classics in, in Bank of America Stadium. Honestly, they probably mm-hmm. played in more classics than the Carolina Panthers in Bank of America Stadium at this point. <laughs> yes, and, tell me about it. And uh, and to, for me, I, I think that it's gonna be, it's gonna be one of those classics. It's gonna be one of those games that we look back on in ten years, no matter what the outcome is, as a game that it it really stands out. Um, now. I I think we I think we already know. Um, I th- I think we got enough information on, on the game. Will y'all have any more? Que- already have any more questions? Mm, let's let's get to predictions. Let's 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 get to the score. Well, well, first What's the score going to be. Well, first before we do predictions, let's do uh let's do a walk the plank and then we'll do predictions. How's that sound, Artie? Okay, okay, that's cool. All right, you got to walk the plank this week. No, go ahead with yours. I'm still searching mine. All right. Um. <laughs> mine th- I could go a couple different ways but I'm gonna I'm gonna, and I think Artie and I are gonna disagree we, we already kind of talked about it we're gonna disagree on this mm-hmm. Javi Baez Francisco Lindor New York Mets all of y'all walk the damn plank and here's why so Artie I put out a tweet um last week on Friday I believe for my personal account you can go check it out it's it's a very analytical, which is which is uncommon for me. Um, basically, looking back at at August first, twenty twenty one, the Mets had a three and a half game lead on the division and a four game lead over the Braves, who were in third place. Currently, the Braves uh, they at that the time of the tweet they were seventeen and five in August. Now I believe they're I believe they're nineteen and and seven since the beginning of August. They have a four-game mm-hmm. lead or a three-game lead uh, going into tonight. They have a matchup with the Dodgers. Uh, well, the Mets are now eight and a half games back. This was when I wrote this tweet. The Mets fans booing these players uh, got under their skin so much that the players took it upon themselves to give a thumbs down to the fans. Like grow a what's set. Wrong, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? You, if look, you play look, like we, shit, we, if you play like shit, you should get booed. Yes, but but Jared, we all know that the fans have every right to boo. They they paid their hard they hard earned money to come into the stands and watch this team lose. I get it, boo. But at the same time, as a player, I don't work for you. You don't sign my checks. I'm out here. I'm a professional athlete. I'm working as hard as I can to perform at my best. Sometimes it just doesn't work my way. And you're going to sit here and boo me. You're supposed to be the home team. You're going to sit here and boo me. I have no problem with it. Give them a thumbs down. Y'all suck. Cheer us when we're good. Boo us when we're bad. You sound like typical New Yorkers. You suck. You're not diehards. I want some diehards. Be, at least I would give Atlanta Braves fans credit because y'all at least diehards. You see your team lose in heartbreak fashion all the time, but you still love your team. <laughs> yeah, the, the difference. still the, love them. The, the difference between Braves fans and Mets fans is the Braves choke in late October. The Mets choke in <laughs> The early Mets don't August. get there. 
in early August. <laughs> the Mets don't get there. So my my thing, I, I don't I don't hate it, but at the same time, it's like they do they do pay your checks. If it weren't for the fans, you wouldn't have a paycheck. You would you play for the fans. You play for the city. Oh please, that goes both ways. Though we'd be miserable if there's no sports. Stop it. We need the, we need these athletes just as much as they need us. We'd be miserable if there was no sports. Just all I'm saying is, if you play like shit, you're gonna get booed. All right. I get it. I get it. I get Mets, it. walk the damn plank. You're cooked. <laughs> Artie, you got one. I gotta be honest. I'm pretty happy this week. I don't have a walk the plank. I don't have one. I, I like all the athletes. Nobody pissed me off. I'm not Montreal Canadiens walk the damn plank. Tell us why. So, two years ago, the Hurricanes with Sebastian Ajo received an offer sheet. Uh, basically, the Canadians signed Sebastian Ajo, and it, 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 it's not something that happens. It's happened like five times in the last 25 years. And really, what, what, what this means is when you're a restricted free agent, you can be given a contract by another team and then you can get either compensation picks if you don't sign that player back or you can sign him back, but you have to match that offer sheet. So that's what the Hurricanes did with Sebastian Ajo. They matched his offer sheet. Well, mm-hmm. two years later, the Hurricanes decide to put an offer sheet in on, of their own and sign Yasperi Kaktaniemi from the Montreal Canadiens. And basically now he, he's, a, he's a hurricane right now. Until until Montreal, uh, until Montreal decides whether they're gonna match it or not, he's a hurricane. If they decide they have mm-hmm. a week to match it, well, the Montreal media and the NHL national media, whatever, is really looking at this and they're calling it a they're calling it a bush league move because the Hurricanes basically went after revenge because they made a mockery. The Hurricanes put them in. The Hurricanes put them in a coffin, Artie. The Hurricanes p- tweeted it out in French. <laughs> they had the same statement that the Canadians had. The offer sheet, the signing bonus, $20. You know what 20 represents? That's the number Sebastian Ajo wears. So $20 signing bonus to this guy. Just putting putting the Canadians in a in a coffin. This is one this is their number three overall pick in the 2018 draft. He was drafted one spot after Andre Svechnikov of the Carolina Hurricanes. And guess what? He, if they were to sign, if they are to sign Jesperi Kaktaniemi, the Canadians, if they, if they sign him, they're going to be over the salary cap. They're screwed. This puts, yeah. this is the nail in the coffin. Drop them down. Drop them down. And if they don't, guess what? They lose a future star. That, that's what happens. I'm sorry. Montreal, you suck. Walk the damn plank. I've had too many beers. <laughs> I love it. I have nothing to add. I All love right. It. So let's do predictions, and we'll wrap this thing up. Let's do it. All righty. Uh, let's look at some Thursday night games. There's a lot of games Thursday night. Um, let's go big one. In Orlando, Boise State, UCF. The line is five. UCF. That's Thursday night? I didn't know that was Thursday night. Yeah, UCF is a five-point favorite against Boise State 
in Orlando. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Who are you taking in this game, Marty? What's what's the uh, what's the line? What's the, what's the over? Five points. UCF is going to win by more than five. Boys, you say it's not that good. What UCF's going to win by two touchdowns? Yeah, yeah. I, I think UCF wins by yeah by by two touchdowns. In the bounce house, I won't be surprised they win by more. In the bounce it, house, it's yeah. in the bounce house. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, but, but Boise State is not the same Boise State of old. Yeah, UCF is going to win this game, and it's not going to be that close. Jacob, your take. Uh, I totally agree with that, 100%. Boise State is not who they used to be. In the Mountain West last year, they have not won a championship. I totally agree that UCF will take it to them and win by more than two touchdowns. I, I just don't see Boise State having that talent this year. They didn't show it last year, and they didn't show it since they were good. They're a good team, yes, but they're not who they used to be. So I will right. definitely take UCF on this. Yeah, the over under is sixty eight. Uh, I th- I think that's a good. I think that's a push. I I I think yeah. that's a, I think that's a good spot. But if that it, that's gonna it, be tight. It might be under just because I don't think boys is gonna score that much. They might score like seventeen. Yeah, just people is people is just saying they're the same boys states they used to be. Still, and I'm like, they have San Jose State who won it last year over I think boys state Wyoming now. That conference is really good, but still, Boise State's not who they used to be. I feel like they're getting kind of credit for who they used to be, not who they are now. Right. Yeah, I, I think that this game, UCF wins 35-17. Yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah. exactly what I had, 35-17. I definitely see that. All right. Let's pick another Thursday night game since, uh, since we're riding with that. Uh, how about uh, – there's some there's some controversy with this uh with this game. Uh South Florida NC State. Ooh. So South Florida announced that they weren't going to be releasing a depth chart earlier this week and so NC State rebuttaled saying, "You know, if you're not going to release a depth chart, guess what? Neither are we." And yeah, uh and fair. yeah. NC State is a is a 18 and a half point favorite. The over/under is at 59 already. Uh yeah, NC State wins this game. Yeah, they, I was co- they cover. Say, don't don't say don't don't say nothing stupid, Jared. You know NC State's gonna win this game. I mean, <laughs> My cousin say something stupid this time. <laughs> My cousin who went to play play pro softball actually played at USF. They won't get it then. They're not good now. I do not think NC State's <laughs> gonna have any problem being. Yeah, them. we're gonna beat South Florida by about twenty something. South Florida so is just a mess. State's South Florida is just beat. a mess. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's not gonna be a close game. It's not gonna be fun. <laughs> Yeah, I, I see this game. This game's gonna be a blowout. This game might be forty-eight nothing. I, I totally this one of those that. games that'll be over at halftime. Yeah, nobody's gonna be watching that game. Then, yeah, see, USF might get a garbage time touchdown in the second half. Late in the second <laughs> half. Yeah, I'm just uh, hoping, I'm just hoping Coastal loses. <laughs> I hate Coastal. Now, Overrated. Now another. Let's see. Let's just stick with you. Cool with just sticking with uh Thursday night games, y'all. Well, there's there's some Friday games. There's there, some Friday there, games. There are some Friday games. Let's see if there's any good ones. Michigan State Northwestern. Michigan State Northwestern. Oh, oh, give me the Wildcats, baby. Give me the Wildcats. Duke and Virginia Tech and North Carolina play Friday too. That's also Penn State Wisconsin. Oh no, that's Saturday. My bad. No, oh, two big games. Are on the, the two big games are North Carolina, Virginia Tech, then Michigan State Northwestern. How funny would it be if Virginia Tech beats North Carolina? It would be. I'll tell you what. 
<laughs> Any anything anything outside of a tie for Virginia Tech, North Carolina, I don't care. Yeah, North yeah. Carolina's ranked tenth in the nation. I hope too they, high. I hope, I hope they both lose. North Carolina uh, is too high. Like, I don't care. Too high. Too too high. In the uh, yeah, yeah. Carolina will win. Carolina will win that game. Wake Forest, a thirty-one point favorite over Old Dominion. <laughs> I think it's gonna be a close game. I, I think it's closer than that. I I might be at that game Friday night, and who knows? We got we got free tickets to that game. Ooh, look so at Artie being I might, I might be at. I'm, I might be – well, it was free tickets, man. I might, I might be at the game. <laughs> yeah, um, knowing but, Old yeah, Dominion, that's... I mean, Wake Forest, they're scared to play us. They're scared to play everyone. Who cares? But they, they, they just – win us. because they hate us. <laughs> they got us on the schedule in like three years. Oh, yeah. They, they canceled our game last year and gave us three more games for them. I'm like, you scary cat. Do you not want to get your whooping ass whooping, don't you? And, and here's the thing. Wake Forest got a ring, I think, last year saying – Best in the Carolinas, a ring from a bowl game kind of ring, and they did not even win a game hardly. They made a and ring for that. They made a ring starting their self. Their once the Sam start with North Carolina saying best team in North Carolina or something like that. Our fans were livid on it. Wow, because they right. had a losing season. <laughs> All right, uh, so ECU app plays Thursday night in Charlotte. Saturday night. On ABC, Georgia, Clemson. Uh, let's see the line on this game. Let's see what's the line that, on this game. Oh, that's a tough one. That that should be the best game of the weekend. That that should be the best game in the this weekend. This might be the best game probably, of the whole season. Uh, honestly, it might be. It might be the best game of the season. Clemson, Georgia. Clemson's oh, a three oh, wow, that, wow, Saturday's Penn State, Wisconsin. That's, that'll be okay. Clemson's a three and, point favorite. Th- I the t- fact I- that that game is in Charlotte, like it, it, both fan bases are going to be jam packed in that stadium. Oh man, I'm, go I'm, dogs, go dogs! I'm taking. I want to take Georgia. That's why I'm, I'm taking Georgia. Yeah. I love Clemson. I love them to death, but I just don't know how they react without Trevor Lawrence there. Uh, you know what? Since the both of you are taking Georgia, I'm taking Clemson. Shut the hell up. <laughs> I'm taking Clemson, baby. The only reason I'm taking Georgia is because I just don't know how they'll respond without Lawrence and some other players. There. They lost a lot of key players. I know they have a good quarterback. It's just Georgia is – I just feel like Georgia is going to have a better team this year. And I have could. nothing they against Clemson. Could. Yeah, I, I, I think – So, three-point three point line, Clemson's a favorite. Uh, I think Georgia wins. And – I agree with Georgia. Uh, it's a 51 over under. Uh, take the over. I would say over that, yeah. yeah. All right. And then <laughs> the game we are all ready for. Dun, dun, dun. You have your East Carolina Pirates against the Appalachian State Mountaineers. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, love this. Can't wait. So <laughs> App is a 10-point favorite right now. I think we all agree that that line – I, I think I think it's a closer game than that. I think ECU. Our fans covers. would say no, but I say yes. It's correct. It'll be closer. Our fans say no. I say it's going to be close. I, I think I think this is a three to seven point game. Agreed. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if either whichever team wins, I won't be surprised. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I, can I go first with my prediction? Go ahead. Good. I would say forty-two thirty-five App State. Okay. Okay. That's I feel like it's going to be a scoring game. I feel like ECU has what it takes. I just feel like at the end, 
there may be a double score or something like that. Just kind of a score, a quick score to push the lead a little more. But I feel like it will be very close to the end, and someone will just take handles of it in the fourth, late fourth, or something like that. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna. Artie, I'll let you go first. What what you what you saying? Um, I I was teetering on 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 the on the line that maybe the defenses might show up a little bit. It might not be as high scoring as I think, but I but I really think these offenses are going to get going. Maybe not just to start, but in the second half, I think these offenses are going to get going. Give me forty five, forty one, East Carolina. I could see that. All right, so I'm I'm gonna kind of split the two of you. I'm gonna go ECU. ECU forty two thirty five. Pretty right. much all about in that same little range yeah. of scoring. Uh, I, yeah. I, I think yeah. I think the over under should be set around 70, 75. But uh, yeah. but here we are at fifty six and a half. Take the over. Um, take ECU to cover for sure. Uh, that I think that honestly that might be the lock of the week. I, I think ECU covers. I mean, yes. for me, mostly, I've, at least we all three agree it's going to be a, like around the same score. That's what makes yeah. me – because yeah. we all know, and our fans, they, they've been laughing at me saying, ECU's horrible. I'm like, you guys don't know the facts. ECU's better than you think. And, we're, and some of our fans are overlooking that. So, for me to say that, they're going to be all over me. But I'm just going to say, watch the game and see what happens. That's all I have to say. Because I feel like ECU is going to make this close, personal – and a really good game to watch. I mean, when you when you have one of your offensive linemen say, and I'm talking about ECU, one of your offensive linemen say, "We're ready to punch them in the mouth." In in a the weekly press conference, that's when you know it's going to get really. Whew, that's going to be fun. You know. I want a dog fight, baby. I want a dog fight. Let's get in the Let's trenches, boys. All right. Well, yes. that's been episode 66 of the Boneyard Podcast. Artie, you got any other any other stuff? You'll be at the game. Um, I'll be at the game, Pirate Nation. I cannot wait to see you guys in person Thursday night. Let's get let's get rowdy. Let's get loud. Let's not be too drunk, but let's be a little drunk and let's have some fun. No, let's get do too it. drunk. And then <laughs> after the game, no matter win or lose, uh, make sure to check in with the Boneyard Podcast. We will be doing our uh, we we will be doing our post game show. We might drop it on Friday or or Saturday, um, but we will be recording after the after the game as a recap. Jacob, thank you so much for joining us on the Boneyard Podcast. Yeah. You can, you can plug where uh, people can find your podcast uh, if you want to. Yeah, it's just App Predictions. App Predictions. Also, I just want to say to ECU fans, thank you. I wish you guys best luck on the rest of your season after this game. And I really am pulling for you guys because I like you guys and the Americans. So good luck, guys. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your season. Thanks, Jacob. Well, yep. on that note, uh, as Artie always says, wash your hands, wash your butts, and go damn pirates. We out, baby. Peace.